This is the Working Drummer Podcast. Working Drummer Podcast. Featuring ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, welcome to Working Drummer Podcast. I'm Zach Albetta. Today I'm bringing you Peter Erskine's fourth appearance on our show. That's more than any other drummer and for good reason. I think he's one of the most masterful and knowledgeable drummers alive today and I value his perspective on any given subject. So as we near the end of one of the damnedest years that ever was, I found myself wanting to hear from him about how it's affected him as a performer and educator and how he's thinking about music in general moving forward. We are super excited to welcome Sure Microphones as our newest sponsor. This year we've been talking a lot about recording from home and for those of you who are just starting out or are looking to supplement your existing arsenal of mics, Sure's DMK5752 drum miking bundle is perfect and Sure is running a special deal right now for just $349. This kit includes four must-have microphones, three SM57s, and a Beta 52A kick mic. As many of you know, the 57 is the industry standard when it comes to miking up snare drums, but it's also great for just about anything from toms to percussion and even vocals or room mics. In other words, you'll find SM57s in every studio from Oceanway, Nashville to Abbey Road to my neighbor's basement. The Beta 52A kick drum mic is one of our favorite kick drum mics, also an industry standard, providing punch and low end all in one. If these were the only four mics you had, you'd be ready to record. If you were looking to expand your collection or need to upgrade to pro end mics, the DMK5752 bundle is perfect. I personally think you can never have enough SM57s and the Beta 52A is amazing. This package comes with clips and tom mounts for the SM57s and a carrying case. Again, just $349 for a limited time. There is a link in the show notes to learn more about this great deal. Thanks to Sure Microphones for becoming a sponsor. So, as I said, I always love talking with Peter about damn near anything, and this was no exception. It was good to hear how he's been processing this time, musically and otherwise, and ever the tech-savvy gadget head, Peter has some great recommendations for hardware and software that can help up your game for remote session and teaching work. So let's get to it with Peter Erskine. I started this list of uh, 100 drummers in 100 days. Uh, and I'm up to day 97 now. And uh, I, I just uh, renamed it to Infinity Drummers. It's <laughs> been a request that I keep it going. Is this, is, this um, a, is this a Twitter thing or a Facebook thing? Facebook thing. And it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, I should try maybe importing it over to Twitter. I've, I've created a YouTube playlist, and I'm going to share this with people. Oh, very cool. Um, it, it's the, the cool thing about it, uh, or especially cool thing about it, is that uh, for example, I, I did a post yesterday of uh, a drummer named Bobby Ramirez. I don't know if you remember him. He used to play with Edgar Winter's White Trash. <laughs> um, yeah, I know that name. I'm not super hip to him, he, but he he was a great drummer. He uh, he he got beaten up uh, right outside a bar in in Chicago hmm. and, and was beaten to death. In fact, um, uh, so uh, this young, brilliant drumming life uh, tr- cut tragically short. Mm-hmm. Um, at any rate, uh, you know, Jeff Vaccaro was, was, was a really big fan of this guy, uh, when, when Jeff was young Mm -hmm. and this drummer named Willie Ornelas, uh, who was good friends with Jeff, uh, and he replaced Bobby 
in, in one of the bands that Bobby used to play in. Uh, Willie uh, uh, used to play with Sonny and Cher. He was an L.A. studio guy and kind of did some rock stuff. Uh, anyway, uh, so Willie starts commenting, and then Alan Robinson, who used to play with Wayne Cochran and was Jocko's rhythm, sex, rhythm section mate. Uh, oh, like the CC Riders this, thing? Yeah, the CC Riders. Oh, cool. So then yeah, he gets yeah. in the conversation, and there's all these incredible side discussions start going on of, of, uh, of various musicians that, that oh, yeah, I, you know, I met Bobby such and such. And so it, it's sparking some really interesting discussions. Uh, which I like. Some people offer suggestions, and I say, I'm sorry, the 100 drummer list does not accept suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> because it's not that. Um, and it, 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 oh, you know what? We'll talk about it on, your, uh, on, on the show because it's yeah, I mean, more we're, fun to talk about that than. We're rolling. We're rolling. Talk about oh, we it. Are. No, we, have to start, we have to start officially. I snuck it in on let's, you. Let's, there, let's restart this. There wasn't any this. welcome to Working Drummer podcast. I do that, I do that, you know, after the fact. I do that in post, man. <laughs> oh. Well, um, I'm sorry, because I, I wasn't even uh, addressing the camera, and I'm still drinking my coffee. Oh, no. you. Um, we're, 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 we're going. Drinking, uh, just having a cup of coffee. Oh, yeah. Uh, cheers. Cheers to Uncle Joe. <laughs> Oh, man. Having a cup of joe in the afternoon. Okay, so as I was saying, um, the uh, uh, the list of 100 drummers, which will now be known as the uh, list of infinity drummers, <laughs> uh, didn't set uh, out to be a definitive or, or uh, even historically significant list other than the fact that these were things that kind of uh, informed me and my drumming over the years it's right. purely subjective uh random order um occasionally i'll i'll try to time something to uh, oh it's it's so and so's birthday and right. tracked by them um uh it's 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 been great fun revisiting uh my listening past and 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 so this morning at the suggestion of of uh, someone on facebook which you left. Um, I uh, I created a YouTube playlist, um, so it's all and, and so I was kind of re revisiting the 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 100 drummer thing, which if I go through my Facebook posts is 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 a cumbersome, clunky process because you have to go through all these right, you know, all these different things that 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 wind up on your Facebook page, uh, and. Uh, it was fun to see just wow oh that that's in the same key that's in a different key that's the same tempo it, it's kind of mm -hmm. uh fun to follow you know to kind of truncate or you know 100 days into a more compressed uh listening thing but but a lot of friends from from like my high school and college days uh, and, and also bandmates over the years and and people who I I don't know seem to really be enjoying uh, this series of of of, uh, of, of drum centric tracks, and not 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 that all the tracks are even drum centric. Some are just like it's a really cool uh, tune, and I love right. the way this drummer played on it. Right. Uh, I feel that way about a lot of uh, Jocko's stuff with with Joni Mitchell, because um, when people talk about Jocko, you know, often it's word of mouth or the the debut album or. Um, 
you know, the birthday concert, which which you played on, um, and I love all of that stuff, of course. But I I'm, like my favorite Jocko playing is is with Joni. Mine too. Um, <laughs> awesome. <laughs> uh, particularly uh, Hegira was uh, mm-hmm. just, uh, such a beautiful recording yeah now with this with this youtube series um is it is it something you're doing on your existing youtube channel or is it a separate channel where can people find this uh on my youtube channel uh, which uh i was surprised when i was i was kind of looking at the at the mechanics of it um uh i, I don't think i have that many uh, uh followers or or people who are, uh, have subscribed mm-hmm to it, so uh, of course, my other thinking was this: this might be a good way to to get people used to coming to the page, and maybe they'll subscribe, uh, uh, if for no other reason, uh, just that then they would uh, be able to follow some other things if I decide to post right on the page. I guess that's how that works. They would. Uh, uh, I mean, I, how, how does that work? Are you YouTube savvy? Uh, not really. I mean, I have a channel also with, uh, you know, not very many followers. Um, it's, uh, you know, there there are people in the industry like the uh, the Sounds Like a Drum guys um, who are uh, just sort of expert and diligent about it and have unlocked uh, whatever magic is, is required. And I don't think it's magic. I think it's, you know... Um, uh, fairly simple concepts that most people like me aren't disciplined enough to <laughs> adhere to and follow through on. Um, uh, but um, right, it's a, well. Do you want to explain to me, or maybe someone can can write in? Um, this this is more of a Twitter thing, but I'll 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 be reading something on Twitter, then I'll see a mention about ratios. Uh huh. And I don't understand what what that means. I uh, I'm gonna take a stab at it because I I don't I don't screw with Twitter either. Um, but I think it's um, the ratio between um, the number of it has to do with views versus comments versus likes versus retweets, and it might just be likes no. versus retweets. So if your ratio, right. I think what the ratio is referring to is specifically retweets. Right, the higher that number is in relation to likes or comments or whatever, but the 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 higher the ratio of your retweets is, the better because that's getting it in front of more eyeballs. Oh, okay. Well, that makes that makes sense. I think that's what it is. Um, I, yeah, um, it, it, it sounds good. I, you know, <laughs> it sounds meanwhile, plausible. my kids are like, Dad, get you know, Dad, forget <laughs> Facebook. It's Instagram. That's right, and it's not even Instagram anymore. It's TikTok now. Like we're, you know, I'm I'm the old guy on Instagram now. Uh, well, is there a setting in TikTok? Because I, you know, I uh, I'll scroll through it, um, and it's 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 pretty goofy. What what? <laughs> what i see you know it's, yeah. it's a lot of uh you know i know i didn't i didn't choose like a twerking preference oh uh, why not but man? i'll see <laughs> no i'll see that i'll see a bunch of that um uh, practical jokes pranks which i have zero interest in <laughs> um uh, now this is more of i think like an instagram thing but you know what i'm really getting into i'm like i'm i'm like into these videos of watching somebody like make something out of wood uh huh. That sounds <laughs> you know, the cool. woodworking stuff. It's kind of fun. And is it like time lapse um, where it's super fast and it's it's super fast? You know, right. so and it's usually just some very 
wacky lamp or piece of furniture that's made from a, a piece of a tree or something. But it's it's sort of related to the drum and drum making. Definitely. And uh, and and I find pleasure in that. But I, I yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get in there and, and, and mess with. It. I mean, goodness knows I've had enough time uh, to be tweaking those things, and yet <laughs> I've been somehow busier in many respects than than ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's not a bragging point. That's just uh, saying that in order to remain a little bit sane as well as somewhat uh, productive and contributing to society, uh, it all takes a, a different kind of work. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, uh, you know, I'm not sitting around bored. Right. I, I, I can say that. Now, um, if 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 I may indulge, I I, I might want to give you uh, a brief tour of the studio, otherwise uh, known as "This is how I spent my summer." <laughs> yes, if uh, if you like. Um, okay, so the, you know the pandemic and the, and the lockdown started, and at the University of Southern California, uh, we were uh, just like everyone else. We were kind of put into the all hands on deck mode. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, so everyone's kind of using their desktop computer and, and then, all right, I'll attach a, a zoom camera, not the zoom platform we're on, but the zoom, like a, a Q2N 4k camera. Um, and I will put that, uh, you know, tethered on a, on a 10 foot long USB cables. I can move it over to the drum set, uh, and that kind of thing. Uh, but once the semester ended and we got through it. Uh, and we realized we would have to be doing this for another another semester, if not another academic year. Uh, we had to really up our game. Um, and uh, in conversations with my colleagues at USC, I brought up the point that, um, hey, you know, we're we're four miles down the road from Hollywood. Um, <laughs> if if we can't put together a, a you know better looking uh, you know set of visuals and and and, and audio content for our students right we're home to the spielberg film school like <laughs> yes let's exactly <laughs> come on so um with the help of uh of the engineer who's been coming over to my studio his name is aaron walk um uh, wonderful guy and uh he's just smart enough uh, in, in in a number of uh, uh computeries or technological areas that uh he made everything a lot easier than it might have been. Uh, that said, we still had a lot of uh, troubleshooting to go through. But uh, anyway, what I did was I converted my artist works to camera setup, which was an analog uh, video system, to a digital, meaning I could add these Zoom Q2N cameras that have uh, HDMI uh, output or you know connections. Mm-hmm. And um, and a company named Black Magic Design uh, makes these uh, uh, switching boxes for video, and I'll, I'll show you here. It's called the ATEM A T E M. Oh wow! Mini and the ATEM Mini Pro. Uh, so what that allows me to do, you'll notice when I'm uh, changing cameras, there's a nice crossfade. I can do uh, wipes. Uh, uh, Different angles, uh, uh, blackouts, uh, 
uh, hey, here we go. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> there he is. Um, that's my that's my master shot. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I have I have a ride cymbal special overhead. Uh, yep. I have a I have a I have a true overhead. I have a bass drum pedal thing, and um, if I want to, for example, uh, share a piece of music with a student, one of my iPads is is hooked up. So oh, how cool is that? On the, and on you the can, Colin Bailey stuff, right? Just see PDFs and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then I have uh, yet another iPad uh, hooked up with my Play Along app. So uh, if, whether I, I I play something solo or play something uh, with a backing track. And the other cool thing about this one camera here, I have mounts uh, in various parts of the kit. So uh, I can go on this other side of the snare drum if I'm wanting to show them a brush, right. brush pattern. Wow. I, I can actually provide instruction and a point of view that would not be possible even if we were in the same room together in person. Right. I, I was going to ask about this because, um, you know, so, so much of your uh, life is as an educator and, you know, you've, you've taken us through and, and talked about the um, sort of uh, technological aspects of what, how you've had to adapt during COVID. Um, but, but I'm not done. I'm not done. <laughs> well, can continue. I, I'll, <laughs> my question can wait. <laughs> hold, hold that thought. Hold that thought. Yeah, so I had a, a Pro Tools setup, and then we decided to switch to Luna because hmm. um, I have the universal audio interfaces, mm -hmm. like the Apollo. And since those interfaces then act as kind of like a, a Pro Tools HD system, a lot of the brain power for the audio computer is taking place outside of the computers. So latency is reduced to a bare minimum. Still, we found that if that computer tried to handle all the audio as well as visual demands of certain streaming platforms, some latency would creep in or there'd be an offset between picture and sound. So I got a second computer. Um, I don't mean to do an advertisement on behalf of Apple, but the, uh, the Mac Mini is like one of the really great computers of all time. Hmm. Uh, uh, and, and so I got that, and that's dedicated to all the streaming stuff. And I have one monitor, one keyboard. I use something called a KVM switch. And with a remote control, I can switch between computer one or computer two. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and so now I have uh, uh, six cameras and... Uh, the uh, the iPad hookup for for visual stuff, uh, and and I'm using this uh, uh, like drummer microphone, right? A headset mic, right? Um, and I have a, a foot switch for that, so when I play, I can I can kill that. Holy shit! Dave Weckl has <laughs> Dave Weckl, Dave Weckl has a very cool. Uh, I always see him kind of uh, very uh, discreetly kind of reach somewhere near his waistline when he turns his mic on and off. I have the foot switch, but then we noticed there was a popping that occurred because it's a condenser mic. Oh. So then I, then I got a Mackie inline phantom power supply. So <laughs> when I hit the foot switch, there's no audible pop. I mean, it, you know, it's, it's, it, every week it was like, okay, it's almost there, but right. this other thing. And what's, what's ironic about this um, 
Oh, and uh, yeah, sorry. Um, and so, and and there, like I have, I have uh, individual volume controls. One for uh, the iPad blend of the play-alongs, and that's my uh, personal headphone uh-huh. thing. I, so you know, it's just wild how much stuff I I bought online between <laughs> Sweetwater and, and Amazon. Right. Right. <laughs> Well, um, most of us who teach, um, whether it's at the collegiate level or just you know teaching kids, um, have have had to adapt and find ways to make it work. But it looks and sounds as if you, uh, if, if you haven't achieved it already, you are on your way to like really bridging every gap that is left by the virtual platform. Yes, except for one very important part, and uh, this is what I wanted to get to. Um, it's it's the student side of the equation mm-hmm. uh, that's often lacking. If if the student is at home and the family, uh, you know, his family doesn't have a good internet account, mm-hmm. or or someone in the same household is, is, is likes gaming, or they're they're, they're streaming, watching uh, movies or something, uh, or if they live in, in in an apartment building and and you have five other students who have class at, at 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're finding number one that that uh, the competing uh, uh, or poor internet connectivity mm-hmm. is an issue, uh, and then the equipment that the students have. You know, uh, how many microphones? What kind of interface? What kind of video? If they're just using the camera that's or microphone that are in the in the lid of their laptop, uh, that's not great. Right. Um, we uh, the school invested in uh, a non Zoom platform, something called MF Classroom. Hmm. Uh, the, basically, uh, Zoom, the, the the computer platform, Zoom for teleconferencing, uh, has always prioritized the video over audio. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it, as it bundles the packets of data, so uh, if there was going to be any dropout, it would be in audio. So, if for example, I'm expecting to hear a student play, it might come out like right, just due to transmission. Um, so Zoom's gotten a lot better, but MF Classroom uh, uh, is really good, particularly for the classical department Mm. um meanwhile the good news is uh everyone should check out uh christian mcbride's npr uh podcast or 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 broadcast they they recently did a thing about latency and real-time playing Mm -hmm. across the internet yeah and apparently like i think it was on thursday he did a live uh concert um with another musician who was about 20 miles 25 miles away wow and apparently it was completely successful wow and 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 so uh you know physics and uh, uh, is involved but um <laughs> you know so i couldn't do that with someone in in um in tokyo right it's just too great a distance but things are possible maybe across town. So uh, the, the other cool thing, and I'm sorry to go on and on, Zach, but... No, 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 go. Uh, I, I I just had a cup of coffee, so... <laughs> <laughs> um, what, 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 what has changed here, and I hope you haven't forgotten your question. I'm sorry, I trampled all over you. No, but, you're in the process uh, of answering it. Oh, well, you're very gracious. 
Um, so, you know, we're trying to up the, the student side of things, but this also allows us to focus on the students getting their game together in terms of production, in terms of producing their performance. So the model, at least in my studio, has shifted from, okay, play this now on demand. And, and and you'd better play it well, which is the how I grew up in music conservatory. You know, we walked in for a jury, and um, yikes! All right, do a uh, how however many you know two octave arpeggio, uh, uh, a harmonic minor and uh, melodic minor, uh, huh? So we we you know I mean music performance ultimately is we do have to produce on demand but this is allowing us at least to work with our students so they can get a better sound they know how to um produce a better product a better sounding a better played performance right and that's important because that this is the new now it's the reality I, yeah i mean you, whether whether a vaccine is available uh, you know, relatively soon or in six months or something. I mean, I think the the nature of um, making music and teaching music has changed forever. I don't think uh, I don't think anybody's going back to February of 2020. Um, I think aspects of it will likely return, but um, I, I think it's it's really forever changed in some ways for the good, in some ways for the bad. Um, but, you know, you're outlining one of the ways for the good, which is that, you know, rather than just um, sort of surviving this and then going back to everyone's normal teaching, learning, um, you know, paradigm, uh, you are using it to expand what you teach in terms of how your students can produce themselves and get their own sounds in addition to all the drummy, handy, footy stuff. I, yeah, that, how that will take place is, is um, well, it's kind of just wait and see who knows because uh, you're right, there will be a combination. And uh, I, I, you know, as much as we all want to kind of embrace uh, the old familiar ways, uh, yeah, I think just like with anything else, there, there's no completely going back to anything. Um, Have you found a disconnect um, personally with uh, your students? Because both as an educator and as a performer, I, I know you as someone who is just acutely aware of of the vibe in the room uh, and, and really uh, thriving off it, being able to play or speak or teach to the moment. Um, you know, uh, have, have you found that gap difficult to bridge? Well, yeah, and that, I mean, you know, this is a new school year, so I have five new students. Uh, One uh, who I know a little bit just from having met him uh, in Texas at a university, wonderful drummer. Um, And then four freshmen who I only uh, had uh, a chance to meet during their auditions last year. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one of them I, uh, I, I didn't meet. He, he auditioned uh, by video. Hmm. So, uh, yeah, some of them I've only, I've only gotten to know through. But, you know, we did, we did something uh, at the jazz department at USC that, that was smart. We, uh, we, we did a few, and then I carried it on every week for a couple of months before the semester started. We were having uh, jazz night. And it was just a 90-minute a to two-hour hang 
just just to get to know each other and any questions, anything you want to talk about, we'd listen to things we would talk. Um, and and it was just a, a way for us to kind of get to know each other um, because we just don't have a choice right now, any <laughs> other way. Right. But but we've all been hitting a wall, hmm. you know. Uh, uh, I I think I hit it twice one time kind of hard i mean it was just like wow this is this is really getting rough um and you know wearing wearing earphones for seven to eight hours a day yeah uh and this uh, headpiece uh well maybe that's better than wearing a mask (laughs) i don't know right Now I don't I don't know what's happening in Atlanta. It's been interesting out here because uh, there are sessions taking place. There are television and film productions mm-hmm. uh, in operation, and there, there's some very strict COVID protocols. But uh, but then you you read about a film getting shut down because one crew member tested positive. Right. Um, I, I'm getting tested a lot now because uh, I get called for this, that, or the other. Um, there's a there's a protocol you need to get tested, mm-hmm. um, and and which is good. I'm I'm very happy to do that because it's it's just reassuring to know you you know you don't have the damn thing. Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Are you getting Are you getting tested? I've yeah not not super regularly. I've been tested twice so far, um, and uh, gonna get tested again in a, a week or two because a couple of family members are coming for Thanksgiving. You know, they're going to get mm-hmm. tested. We're going to get tested. You know, we're going to be safe about it. Um, you know, Smart. testing has become more widely available in Atlanta and it looks like some, uh, some session work in studios, definitely some film and TV work is starting to come back a little bit of like live, you know, club work is kind of starting to come back, which I am not. Really? Part- yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't been to any of it. I haven't played at any of it. I've done a couple of outdoor concerts, one of which was a drive-in. Um, but it seems like a couple of the, a couple of the clubs. Wow, you did one of those. Yeah. Yeah. That was my first gig back in, um, I don't want to say it was August or something. Uh, yeah, we were just in like an outdoor amphitheater. It was a big field, you know, big lawn. People drove up their, their cars and, and honked their horns and, and it was really fun. Um, but uh yeah i some musicians around atlanta are starting to like get back into uh the the club thing um and i can't speak to how safe it is cuz i'm not going <laughs> so yeah i i yeah I, I i tried to remember what was the fun about going to a bar um <laughs> and um yeah i trouble kind of like hmm Wow. Okay. I mean, you know, I, I like a cold beer. Yeah. Um, but the idea of going somewhere, uh, competing for the, you know some place to sit, uh, having to speak at elevated volumes because uh, it's just so noisy for for this, that, and the other reason. Right. Um, now, you know, the, I I don't need to be around a bunch of other people to enjoy a beer or or a sandwich. Um, right. And and so my wife and I we've we've been digging. <laughs> uh the being at home thing I, I, you know I, uh, the 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 funny thing was not 
funny, but uh, I was almost going to retire from from the university. Hmm. I wanted to have more time to, to to travel freely, to to do or not travel, but not have to do anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of, uh, uh, we were just going to change our our lifestyle, really simplify. Um, this happened, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm buying lots of things like to to. To make the teaching work, I'm buying a freezer to put in the backyard for the, you know, the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, uh, it's it's filled with with, with Trader Joe's uh, little uh, uh, ice cream uh, cones, right? Because because uh, that's uh, what you're going to need, right? That's what I'm going to need, <laughs> um, folks. If you have a Trader Joe's near you, they have these mini ice cream cones. I think that's like a yogurt treat. With uh, they're so unbelievably good uh, <laughs> that that you'll get through any pandemic lockdown with a smile on your face. <laughs> I've uh, I've you know, we I was buying so much from Amazon that I became what was it? All, all I know is if I had to return anything, it was like no problem. Mm-hmm. Right, you know, I I I became that level of customer, <laughs> right? Um, so, so I just say, why are you returning this? And whatever reason I gave, they go, okay, your your return's been approved, right? Um, and I felt bad, but uh, I've I've well, I've got some really cool stuff. Um, <laughs> discovered lots of lots of things that uh, uh, that have made life more interesting, and I've you know, I've started fixing things around the house and. And I've gotten kind of handy with that, and yeah, we got I a think puppy dog. You got a dog. We got a dog too. We, did you? Yeah. yeah. What kind of dog did you uh, get? Ours is a rescue, uh, and uh-huh. she's just a sweetheart. And I, I, the, the two things I haven't done. Uh, oh, but I, I lost thirty-five pounds. Oh, excellent! Yeah. Good for you. Thank you. It's a, uh, yeah, just not going out late or drinking to excess, mm-hmm. or eating to excess, of course. Um, I haven't uh, caught up on my reading. I, I thought I'd be doing a lot more reading. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the other thing was photography. You know, I've, right, you've I've always been, been into some that. iPhone stuff. Yeah, and I th- I thought I'd really get to know a couple of my cameras very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, that hasn't happened. And I haven't composed much music. Just one one thing really, which is kind of shameful, but. <laughs> but as, as I as, as as I started off saying, uh, you know, how I spent my summer. I mean, to get this school thing up and running to where I wanted it to be um, took a lot of time and and some expense. But to me, it was worth it. I mean, if, you know, if 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 you're in a position where you can spend money, it's like, I, I, how should how should I put it? I mean, you know. I feel grateful for for where I am. Mm-hmm. The pandemic had resulted in, in so much of a loss of income and savings and and a lot of things mm-hmm. that it kind of made me philosophical about you know if, uh, well you know if I can get it for seven dollars less there then I just eh you know so if 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 I want to do something I just do it. And, um, right. uh, you know, life, life feeling, feeling very short and, and we're not buying a bunch of crap, but, but just, uh, 
you know, things are good. And, I know, and, I know and, what you're and, saying. In, term, in terms of in terms of everything, except the fact that so many people uh, have died, yeah. and have suffered from this damn thing. Yeah, um, uh, and I, I, I'm holding I, those two thoughts in my head all the time because I, I think a lot of people have um, shared your experience of how you know the the pandemic has um, forced them to simplify things um, and made them. Like, I, I mean, just speaking for myself, like my, my world just got smaller. My world got way smaller. Um, and that, you know, that suits me. Uh, I like that. I know it doesn't suit everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of, you know, being, being sort of philosophical about what's really important. Um, and, you know, we, I've talked with a few drummers over these months about, you know, it's, it's really forced everybody to sort of think about and distill, uh, or reevaluate, um, you know, why, why do I like making music? What kind of music do I want to make? What kind of drummer do I want to be? Um, because I think most of us were, uh, just busy as shit and doing everything we could. Um, and, (laughs) uh, you know, maybe not giving too much thought to, um, whether it's uh, really what we're made of. Um, mm-hmm. Have you, like, in terms of, you know, you mentioned, like, going to clubs um, or, you know, uh, things that we used to just do all the time in, in the before times. In terms of your playing life, in terms of your performing, um, have you sort of, uh, are are there any aspects of your previous performing life that you don't really care to return to? Okay. That, that was a well put question. Um, yeah, the, uh, the touring, you know, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd be, uh, you know, uh, in the O'Hare airport in Chicago, uh, magnificent airport, um, between flights and, uh, Oh, it was Chris Bodie, you know, and, and Chris was like the, the probably the, the the best, most well-traveled musician the last few years. I mean, the guy just never stopped working. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and you get to the gate and you wait and you stand there like a moron so you can be one of the first people on the plane and then you can get in your seat and then so so you can get hit in the head by eighty <laughs> passing carry-on bags that right. <laughs> Walk, walk by you, uh, because nobody's checking shit. Everybody carries on. Oh, I don't know, but that that was really code for me saying I'm sitting up in the front of the plane. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I don't miss any of that. I uh, I I don't miss a single thing about air travel. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a wonderful profession. Um, and it's the only <laughs> only way to get to a lot of places. And and uh, should I want to travel to Europe or to uh, Japan again, or, or maybe Hawaii at some point? Mm-hmm. Um, sure, I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be glad to get on an on an airplane. But but as a as a way of of making music day after day, uh, I'm not crazy about it. Yeah. And and if I were to do some touring, I think it would all have to be probably you know if if I get somewhere, then then just driving. Mm-hmm. 
or or but I, I you know like the last gigs I did, it was interesting. Um, in f- uh, late February, I played two concerts uh, with the Tone Kunstler Orchestra, which you could generally regard as the number three orchestra in Vienna. You had the hmm. Vienna Phil, then you have the Vienna Symphony, and then you have the Tone Kunstler. Mm-hmm. It's a younger orchestra and we did the mark anthony turnage uh, concerto for drum set and orchestra right. and a few other pieces including bernstein's symphonic dances from west side story yeah um and that was incredible fun to travel to vienna my wife and i went together well, we found a great little airbnb uh flat to rent and we just had a, a wonderful time but the 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 thing was starting and we were being very careful uh, on the flights back home, mm-hmm. um, and uh, I had I had one other gig booked. Well, I mean, I had a lot of gigs booked, but the next gig booked was in Boise, Idaho, and I go to Los Angeles International Airport. It, the check-in was like a ghost town. The hmm. security was like a ghost town. I was surprised that the plane was full, but there weren't. I don't think there were that many flights. I don't know what was going on, uh, but. Uh, Again, you know, I had used my miles to upgrade so I could be in that single seat uh, in the front, and I was wearing a mask and doing all the protocols of, of uh, uh, with, with the hand sanitizer, right, et cetera. Um, and by the time I got home, uh, just a few days later, the lockdown started, and I've excuse me, I was counting myself as being very lucky that wow, I I didn't catch the virus, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, and every day I'm uh, kind of like I'm waking up. I ch- I check my oxygen levels. I check my temperature. Um, I'm just I'm just so damn grateful to 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 be healthy. So uh, I miss improvising with other musicians. Mm-hmm. I I really miss that. But uh, I think that'll just be all the all the all the more sweet uh, when I get to do it again. Right. Um, but you know, do do I miss do I miss traveling and and um, I don't know. I, I, I you know, for a lot of years, Zach, it it it, it kept things very, uh, I think, fresh. Mm-hmm. Uh, my marriage at home it gave my wife breathing room. It gave me breathing room. Get out, uh, get out of the house. I go away for a few days. Yeah. Uh, um, and so we've had eight months of of just constantly being together. And um, you know, we're loving it. We're, we're, yeah. we're loving being together, and, and both our children are in the Los Angeles area. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so uh, I'm not I'm not climbing any walls. I'm not itching to do anything. I'm I'm uh, I'm very hopeful yeah. that with the new management for this country. Mm-hmm. Um, that, by the way, if, uh, since we're on a podcast, I'm going to recommend uh, everyone check out Mark Marin's WTF. Yeah, uh, the most recent one where he interviews Frank Langella. His his intro rant is uh, <laughs> one of the best things I've heard uh, in ages. He uh, he is of one course. of my favorite uh, comedians, one of my favorite talkers, thinkers. I, I listen to almost every WTF episode. Um, and, and really like when, when I joined Matt on this podcast, um, I, I basically wanted to make this podcast like the drum equivalent of WTF. Ah. Um, 
So I well, yeah he, I haven't listened to that episode yeah, yet, but I will I will double oh, down on your good. on your recommendation to to check that out. Um, it's good. I, I I hope I didn't build it up too much, but uh, uh, I was uh, I was walking the dog this morning. It's about six thirty, and I was just chuckling uh, all the way to the park. Yeah, yeah. He he really has a, a unique uh, gift to sort of distill. Uh, uh, an idea or a concept or a current event in, into some really like potent, poetic, funny, uh, you know, couple of words. Um, it's really wow. great. Very well, very well put. <laughs> oh, see, I just did it. I did it myself. <laughs> yeah, um, not so bad yourself. <laughs> but in terms of um, you know things, things you miss and things you you don't care to go back to. Um, I'm, I'm having kind of the same experience where like, I'm, you know, I'm not, um, chomping at the bit to, uh, get back into a, a club per se. Um, I do miss playing in a room with other people, whether it's, it's improvising or just sort of like, you know, being live in the room with, with other humans. Um, but, uh, it's, it's just kind of caused me to, um, think about the next, uh, I mean, put it this way at the beginning of 2020, I was gear. I mean, I talked about it on the podcast. I was gearing up to sort of do more legwork to get off the plateau that I had sort of arrived at in Atlanta. Um, I wanted to do more session work, more touring work. Um, and, uh, then the, the pandemic hit it, um, you know, just sort of put everything back at square one. Um, and now that I'm looking forward to 2021 and, and the rest of my career, I'm, I'm sort of um, just rethinking what it's going to look like. And, and I, I don't have any disappointment or dread, per se, surrounding that. It's just different. Um, so I'm wondering if you, looking forward to the next chapter of your career, um, are there, like, active steps you want to take? Are there – are there um, you know, specific goals that you now have that you might not have had, uh, had the pandemic not happened. Uh, so here's the funny thing about that, because you have to be, um, focused and you have to be prepared for work. And, 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 uh, we're always told, you know, uh, work on your networking, be in touch. So, uh, I was, I was having a mindful eye and ear about some sessions that were taking place and realizing, I wow, I thought I'd be called for that project, and I wasn't. And, and, um, and I was starting to feel a little bit bad about that. And I was wondering, did I say or do the wrong thing? It's always very possible when you have a big mouth like mine. <laughs> um, and then I, I I I made a very specific, very conscious. Um, hey, you know what? Let it go, to surrender all that. Hmm. And as and and that, and that wasn't a. Um, it wasn't a conceit, or it wasn't a uh, a maneuver. Like, you know, it was just I since I let it go. I said, okay. You, uh, and and it was coincid coincidental uh, to uh, my looking at uh, a collection of, of, of newspaper and magazine articles, interviews, reviews, whatever. Our office assistant has been scanning all this time, and she presented 
and she's done a wonderful job. She cut everything out. She kind of, you know, uh, put each one on a piece of paper, and then she scanned it, and she named everything. And so I've got also these PDFs now that so we can throw all this stuff out. Um, and I realized, I said to my wife, I said, you know, I, I've, I've had a, a, a really good run. I, I, you, you, you wonder, like, am I still relevant? I said, none of that matters. I mean, I really, you know, I got to do a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. And, and, and it's all good. And so I, I, I like kind of, I thought, and I'm not working. So this is fine. Mm-hmm. All right. And what happens? Less than 48 hours into this boom, uh, Boom! Can you do this, Peter? Can you do that? Got the work. I mean, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glancing over at this iPad here that I, I have the mail program open. I have four work calls have come in hmm. since we started the interview, and it, it's <laughs> kind of like strange. And uh, I'm not bragging. I'm just saying that when you, when you like a, uh, there, there, there was a song. Um, uh, are you familiar with Doug Yule? No drummer. No New York area drummer. Um, and, uh, he studied with me for years. He's been, he was working with, uh, with Judy Collins, uh, and then Joe Jackson, mm-hmm. he was touring a lot with Joe Jackson and, and I'm so proud of him because I just see all these, po- you know, he's, he likes to post what he's doing. Right. And so this session with Will Lee, that session with Will or this session with somebody else. But, but years ago he was in a band. I remember he sent me a cassette tape and, and his band that he had with his brother, Twin brother. The, the 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 song was called um, "The Art of Surrender" hmm. uh, as a way of achieving uh, some sense of grace. Right, right. Um, and there's something to it. Uh, there's a very interesting boomerang effect that as soon as you stop wanting to possess something, as soon as you stop coveting something um the universe i think reacts uh, more favorably mm-hmm. uh, than if uh you know you obsess uh, uh some people have single-minded obsessions and and it works well for them i think up to a point at a certain point i think that there's a dead end mm-hmm. in ambition right, right um and so uh you know, whatever little bit, everything is icing on the cake. Yeah. And my, my cake, I, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I'm not, I'm not a religious man, mm-hmm. but I, I did see a funny, uh, uh, you know, those, those churches that put up humorous little. Yeah. Yeah. Aphorisms uh, right. on, on their signs. Uh, uh, um, it was some kind of, uh, Com- comparing uh, uh, marriage fidelity to uh, to being on a diet because uh, you you can't have your Kate and Edith too. <laughs> that's like that's like dad humor. Exponentially, uh, <laughs> I thought that was cute. Yeah, yeah, I dig that. You can't have your Kate and Edith too. So. <laughs> You know, I have my cake and and every all this other stuff is the icing. Um, folks, stay healthy. That's your first mm-hmm. order of business. Mm-hmm. And in order to remain healthy, you have to stop the transmission. Right. All right. Right. Because if you, 
also the other thing to, to factor in if if this thing doesn't get under control and and you may uh you may even have gotten covid and survived it but guess what you need to go in a hospital for something else hey it ain't going to happen mhm yeah you know, elective procedures in many parts of the country are an impossibility right now because hospitals are so overwhelmed with covid cases so right right if we cut the rate of transmission down Everything can get back to normal, but it's not going to happen by magic, and it's not going to happen if a bunch of knuckleheads, uh, you know, bust out and do some stupid shit. Right. I mean, it's so two it's, like it's two pretty, things. Pretty simple. Two things that um, kind of came up in, in my mind as you were talking about it. One, uh, I, I agree that like n you know, ain't shit going to happen until this is under control. Uh, you know, they talk all the time about how like the economy is not going to recover until we get our arms around COVID-19. Um, but you kind of, uh, you know, made me think about th the same is true for our careers, right? Whatever ambition we had, whatever goals we had as musicians um, are, are not going to uh, come to pass if we get sick, right? Um, yep. So in addition to, uh, you know, kind of our civic responsibility of, of, um, wearing masks and, and cutting down transmission. I just feel like uh, at, at this point, um, a lot of the offers that I'm getting for live situations um, are not worth the risk. Um, and it's not a, it's not a money thing. It's just like, I'm not, I'm not going out there. It's an, it's an unnecessary risk. Um, well, it, it's, this is a foreign concept because in LA County, those, that doesn't, exist there are no performances happening right anywhere right and they've you know, just started to come back in like the last month or two um which is coinciding with this third peak we're in which i think is you know silly as hell but uh georgia is a historically red state although not this year um but uh anyway um but the other thing that that you uh sort of um you were talking about ambition um and something i've experienced during this was that um you know, a lot of the a lot of the things I was coveting um, in my pre-COVID uh, career, a lot of my uh, professional ambition, I've realized is stuff that I didn't necessarily really want in the first place. Um, it was something like that, what? Um, certain um, certain styles of playing, I think. Um, and uh, just certain types of work. Um, and, you know, my, my, my wife works full time and, and I am in a fortunate position that I'm not a musician on my own having to do anything and everything I can to keep my head above water. So I, I realize that I'm in a position of privilege from that standpoint. Um, but just the you know the 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 busyness uh of of your calendar <laughs> i realized uh, uh there were there were some dates on that calendar that i was filling um just to fill them you know just to be busy because my default was mm -hmm. like just say yes to it go do it um sure. and and uh i kind of reflected back on some of the work i had done and and it certainly wasn't um you know, torturous or whatever, <laughs> but looking at it through the lens now, like would I, would I leave the house for that now? Um, mm -hmm. I think, uh, the, the answer to some of them is, is no. And it's kind of forced me to, um, 
just recalibrate, um, like I said, what, what it is I want to do, what kind of music I want to play, um, and what kind of drummer I want to be. Equality over quantity, well, basically. Yes, but don't, don't beat yourself up too much because in order to arrive to, be, to become the drummer uh, you are, that you wanted to be you number one you needed the experience mm-hmm. playing these different things and, and a lot of us just find out uh, okay I, I don't want to do that again mm-hmm. um uh, so you know uh it, it was to gain experience and also to uh to work for the sake of working because that's that could always lead to something else so you know you could take this dumb gig and and one other person on that gig might you know you during your coffee break, you both uh, get to chatting, and wow, this is kind of a dumb gig. He's, but I like the way you play, mm-hmm. um, and um, can I have your number? So, we, you know, that was part. Of, that was kind of, pardon the expression, drummed into us to, <laughs> to to not turn down work opportunities, and and, and indeed, when you're younger, that's okay. But uh, you know, if we if we compare what we do to someone, let's say like like Pat Metheny. Now, Pat. Uh, is a brilliant musician, and uh, I, I'm not trying to compare either one of us to Pat in terms of brilliance. No, please compare me to Pat Metheny. Okay, <laughs> um, but but the one thing Pat did um, quite specifically and consciously was that he restricted his playing options or choices to to very. Sp- uh, you know, specific things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Manfred Eicher at ECM, he, he had a conversation with me about it. He said, I'm really worried about the wide variety of things you're doing. And I, I hoped I wasn't being defensive, but I said, well, Manfred, number one, I, you know, I got, I got two kids in private school, so <laughs> I, I need to take as much work as I can. And number two, uh, I find that everything I do informs the other stuff I'm doing. So mm-hmm. I'm a better uh, drummer today in in this studio in Oslo, Norway, because I did this, that, and the other thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who knows how much better might I have been had I been more disciplined? Right. Um, and so that's partly uh, the way you're taught, the way you're brought up. And Pat had a had a clear vision, I think, of his destiny. Mm-hmm. Um, so I always admired. Uh, that he was able to stay focused like that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Pat's musical ethos is, is very different from mine. Um, uh, again, uh, you know, he's a brilliant musician. Uh, if, if someone said, Peter, is there a gig that, that, that you haven't done it you'd like to do? You know, I know that wouldn't come up. In, in idle speculation or daydreaming because I just I that's just not something I'm interested in mm-hmm. I, in fact because we are talk, talking about the you know I shouldn't be talking about rounding the bend that at uh, at 66 years of age but um, there aren't too many gigs I could think of like you know is there a dream gig you, you wish you could do mm-hmm. I, I just want to kind of keep doing what I'm what I'm doing mm-hmm. I, I the minimal bit of variety I have going now, the musicians who I'm working with here in Los Angeles, uh, I really enjoy it. And if I get a chance to play with some of the other musicians, for example, uh, you know, a year and a half ago, I was touring with Kenny Werner. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, and uh, Scott Colley at one point, uh, Dave Liebman. Yeah. Um, uh, there's a wonderful saxophonist from Denmark named Benjamin Koppel. Um, uh, you know, musicians like this, uh, it's, it's great. I love getting to, to play with them. And then the, all the musicians I work with here. I, you know, I think I, I, I miss work, working with my Dr. Um band. Yeah. Because that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed that. And, you know, and, and, you know, Benjamin Shepard, just an incredible bass player. Uh, John Beasley on keyboards. He was kind of like the, the musical director for the group. He yeah. Did a lot of the arranging him. And Bob Shepard. Wizards, um, all three of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I did a gig recently that I should let you all know about. And I have to find um, the broadcast date. So let me look this up. Uh, did you see the Steve Gadd thing the other day? Uh, there, there are a lot of Steve Gadd things on the internet. I. <laughs> <laughs> what well this was this was uh from uh uh champion it was a live stream from, I, I did uh, Jonathan not. movers uh it's still available it was the Steve Gadd band uh it was a over an hour set it was really great um it was like twenty two dollars for the ticket hmm. uh, and it just totally worth it yeah totally worth it and I can watch it again, and I'm going to just just seeing the seeing Steve do some of these things close up, uh, seeing the uh, how much temperature uh, he uh, you know where he dials all that in mm -hmm. uh, compared to the intensity that we sense right or feel or hear. That's there's nothing more instructive than that. Um, and I did something at the same venue at a different time, and it's being put together as a drum festival. On November 21 and 22, I don't know if this podcast will have aired. I think by it then will. Um, this is uh, this one's going to go up on the 19th. So yeah, excellent. So folks, at uh, 1 p.m. California time, um, uh, live champion biz b i z. Uh, Jonathan Mover from Drumhead Magazine. Uh, it's call he's calling it Drumhead Live. Uh, so Gad uh, will be part of the festival on that day. Uh, Simon Phillips and his band, Virgil Donati, um, Todd Zuckerman, uh, and uh, I. And I did. Uh, we already. You know, we all went in and recorded uh, you know, for COVID safety. Uh, right. uh, different different days, um, and uh, you know, multiple camera crew. Every, we're all you know, we're wearing our mask until it was time to play. Then I took my mask off. Mm -hmm. Uh, sounded great, and um, and so anyway, that was Bob Shepard and the bass player Darkles, uh, who I also play with in trio with Alan Pasqua. Right, right. Um, and I'll let you know about some other uh, 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 gigs and stuff, uh, live live streaming things. Um, but that's uh, November 21 and, and 22. What days of the week are, are those? Uh, that's going to uh, be a Saturday, Sunday. That's I a think. Saturday and Sunday. Saturday. Yeah. Okay, folks. So that's, uh, that's not quite two weeks away. Mm -hmm. The 21st and 22nd, starting at 1 p.m. California time. Uh, find that because uh, we'll put up a link to it the, on the on the episode great, page the, the 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 audio and and production quality was just super duper high because a lot of stuff 
a lot of the streaming stuff I've seen has been iffy, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I'm also seeing some like really amazing things. Um, yeah. But anyway, it's 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 people interacting, so it's not, you know, it's not the the thing with 18 video little mini video screens of a bunch of people overdubbing <laughs> right 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 playing um, to a click track boy my click chops have gotten very good though I, yeah i'm i'm really uh getting to know it in in a way that i never had before <laughs> I wanted to go back to what you said about um, sort of uh, we, I mean, we were having this conversation about ambition and what kind of drummer do I want to be and et cetera. And, and as you were talking, I was reminded of something uh, that Ralph Humphrey told me about you um, when I lived in LA, <laughs> right? Get your, get your nervous face on. Um, when I lived in LA, I, I took a lesson with Ralph and, and your name came up and uh I don't remember exactly what Ralph said, but it was something to the effect of, well, well, Peter is spending more time these days taking things away from his playing than adding to his playing. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I really, I really like that concept. I didn't understand it fully because I was much younger, but having just turned 40 and having been alone in this room with just me and my drums for uh, eight months now, I'm, I'm sort of thinking about, um, like the the idea of of jettisoning things that aren't me and that I don't want to be to me is somehow more attractive and more poetic than trying to tack more things on to myself. Um, so just finding a more distilled version of of uh, my playing um, is feels is, good, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, and it's it's emerging as a as a goal. Um, is that well, y- is that is that a journey that you're still on? Always, yeah. I mean. What it, what it does, um, uh, and, and this is another reason why you'll enjoy this Mark Maron interview with Frank Langella, because he talks about this, uh, and the, 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 the joy of, of improving upon a performance and getting it to the point, uh, you know, he talks about taking a wild leap into the, uh, abyss um, so you're artistically free and yet making the choices that achieve maximal results for the camera lens. Mm-hmm. So we're playing to the microphone for the most part now with, with, uh, with this remote series of things. And um, so you know, we could play what you want to hear or play for the song, but... And on a practical level, Zach, what happens to a lot of musicians, particularly drummers, is if we if we do too much, uh, we play ourselves into a corner, mm-hmm. and then where do we go from here? You know. So if we're at all interested in the arc of something, the storytelling of the tune, um, then uh, yeah, you have to be aware of of form and and density balance and aesthetics um and uh this just takes me back to something um, vince mendoza told me years ago the great composer and arranger uh, he says well you know the most valuable part of the pencil is the eraser <laughs> and in fact if uh, if you were to visit him 
at his home. He had this large drafting table, and he had a, a, a an electric, you know, eraser with a motor, you know, very yeah, powerful. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how many horsepower. <laughs> uh, a lot. I mean, it was powerful because uh, he would. Uh, he would, you know, compose still pencil on score paper, and if he didn't like something, he would erase it and write it over again. And he wouldn't sweep up the detritus until he was done with that chart. So hmm. uh, there would be times when I'd visit him. There'd just be a huge pile of, of, of uh, like, uh, you know, er- eraser, shaving, dust. eraser, <laughs> eraser dust, eraser yeah. dust. Um, the the uh, the 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 artist subtraction is 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 it's nothing new it's i mean it's it's the art of sculpture mm-hmm. you know an artist takes a piece of stone marble or whatever and by removing things they create art so i think it's 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 a similar process when we're younger it's all about adding right you know, how can i play faster um faster means more notes um and faster is cool but uh uh, for some reason, it was never always that attractive to me. And then when I when I found that I I could do it, I think I, I did it to excess for for a while. <laughs> um, so I, I was just I was glad to 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 find another part of the instrument. Here, for me, that what this leads to, Zach, is that um, it's all about tone. Hmm. So if if a drummer, if he or she produces a good tone on the ride cymbal, on a closed hat, on an open hat, on a snare drum, um, and this is awareness of how their drum is tuned and awareness of how closely they've placed the microphone and where they've placed the microphone. Um, uh, you know, if you if you have overheads, uh, are you taking uh, the possible uh, phase issues into consideration? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so all these things, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's all fun stuff. And, and when something sounds right and it feels right because you got just the right amount of space. Here, okay. Here's a secret. And, and this is the, this is the big cheat, <laughs> but I'm willing to share it. And you may know this already, but, uh, every engineer has a, has a magic number. And a lot of times when I'm working with my engineer, now for all the all the uh, propeller hats I, I I like to put on, to, to, you know, being tech savvy about this, that, or the other, yeah. I'm not very good at running my own Pro Tools session. Mm-hmm. I I always want to have an engineer here to handle all that in terms right. of file management and stuff. I'm just not, and my hearing is is such that if there's a a a, a noise, I may not catch it. They always do. You know, the cable needs to be replugged or right. who knows what. Um, but if we're listening back to to part of a take, and it's like this is good, this is really good. I just, I'm just not sure. I I like how how much the drums are sitting in the track. Mm-hmm. You know that, right? Yeah, that feeling. So, um, I used to think of it in terms of like. Uh, frames like uh, what if we just move it like two or three frames back right your your photographic uh, just, brain kicked in there well that's kind of more of a film film thing um but uh this one engineer i was working with he said he said uh, can we try it my way and i said what's that he said 10 milliseconds 
He said, that's, that for some reason always seems to be the magic number. Hmm. And so we took, we took the bridge and, and we, we, we selected it. We moved it 10 milliseconds to the right, meaning, you know, delayed, mm -hmm. cross-faded. And it was like magic. All of a sudden, just the way the drums sat in the track. Right. So I offer that to all drummers out there. If you have what's a, what seems to be a darn near perfect take, but you're not happy with the way part of it is sitting, whether you're in Logic or Luna or, or Pro Tools or um, I forget the... Uh, I forget the the name of uh there's one other Ableton? Not Ableton. No. I I need to learn Ableton. I'm totally ignorant. <laughs> I I No, there's one I took a half one other recording shot of platform Ableton, that didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so let's say you know whether it's Pro Tools or Logic, they're the two big ones or Luna cuz right. Luna's Luna's pretty hip. Mm -hmm. Um delay things 10 milliseconds. Uh on portions of your performance, if any of those portions feel like they're just a little too on the nose, um, yeah, and uh, and uh, I, you know, it, this is the stuff that now I marvel when I go back. You know, my hundred drummer list I was talking about, right? Um, the days before Pro Tools, and right? The drummer had to be able to perform an entire tune perfectly, and you listen to Jeff Percaro, and you go. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That that you know, they can come up with a part and it and every part of that part is perfect. Mhm. Mm so Matt so, just interviewed um uh what's her name? Uh she she just wrote a new book about about Jeff oh, Rob, Robin, Robin Flans. Robin Flans, yeah. Um and you know, listening to that interview and um just you know, gaining more experience that I've gained in uh, my studio here has just given me a whole new appreciation and really awe for a lot of the session work that, that uh, you know, the session greats like Jeff have done over the years. And with so, uh, so much less sophisticated tools at their disposal than we have today, um, it's, it's really insane. But I love what you said about tone because that's, that's one of the things that uh, really has – uh, <laughs> this time is like hung a lantern on my tone and my sound. And before, you know, as a lot, you know, as a live primarily player, a lot of those gigs were just throw and go and, and you sit down and you're focused so much on the song you're doing or, or whatever, um, playing a backline kit. Um, I've, I've really enjoyed kind of, uh, getting inside, uh, the sounds that are me and that I do want and, just kind of letting the other ones yeah. go by. Isn't that fun? I mean, you know, no backline kits. Man, I've been playing my drums. Yeah. Yeah. For for the past, you know, eight months. Uh having a ball. Yeah. Playing on these drums. Um okay, uh I, I do want to mention that uh part of this period has also been uh dedicated to designing with the uh, with the good folks at Tama Drums, mm -hmm. they've uh, they've been incredibly indulgent, and uh, doing this long distance, uh, just been a lot of FedExing of of drums, uh, all one direction, from Japan to here, uh, a new signature snare drum. Oh, and, cool! Uh, 
the goal was I said I want to make a great you know for I'm just thinking I everyone should have a jazz snare drum. Mm-hmm. And I know that's kind of a, a ridiculous way to put it, but um and you know, well we don't want to restrict it but, you know, but, but I said no it's really every drummer needs a what amounts to a, a jazz snare drum for their kit. Mm-hmm. And uh, the most important thing it needs to be of a particular dimension or size. It needs to be really responsive. Uh, you know, all the things we want any good snare drum to be. But I said it needs to be affordable. Mm. You know, not this high-priced signature you know, thing. Right. So, um, so the challenge was, can we make a drum with a street price below $500 hmm. to be a great snare drum? Yeah. And we, and we did it. Wow. There it is. Look at that. Man, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's a combination of spruce and maple. Uh, it has a uh, reinforcing ring on the batter side only. Interesting. So the bottom side is uh, a little more free uh-huh. uh, to ring, while the top side has a bit more focus. Uh, it's four and a half inches deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, is is that your? That's not your tummy, I hear. <laughs> I think it's my email. Uh, Aha. Uh-huh. So, um, so anyway, uh, yeah, it has my favorite uh, strainer, and that was part of the reason we went to four and a half inches. My original Yamaha signature snare, uh, way back when, was four by 14. Hmm, right. Um, but it's a beautiful I, I grain was. on the outside of that, too. Is that the spruce? Isn't it nice? Yeah. That's spruce. Awesome and an incredible paint job. You know, we we experimented with with matte finish and and um, here I'll just show you, your, your listeners can't see, but you know we were trying all these different oh yeah different finishes duco thing um, and uh, the duco finish and then this beautiful kind of very Japanese looking uh, yeah purple man kind of thing gorgeous. Um, it's yeah, it's it's just wonderful and it sounds great. I mean. Uh, uh, triple flange, uh, the, the 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 it's a heavier weight triple flange, mm-hmm. uh, two two point three uh, millimeter mm-hmm. uh, uh, gauge as opposed to the one point six, which was like that's what I guess old Ludwig drums used to be. Right. Do you have it mic'd up so, right now, or are you just on your on your mic? Your yeah yeah. You wanna you wanna hear it? Yes, I man. Can, uh, yes.
Man. How's that sound? That, the drum sounds great. You sound great, as always. Thank you. Oh, Thank I don't you know for that. if I... Uh, thanks. I was misfiring a bit. No. Um, you sounded like Peter fucking Erskine. <laughs> it's a thank. You. It's it's a fun drum to play, and I, I I'm, I'm, so that's cool. The uh, the other let me see while I'm at it. The latest book I wrote with Dave Black called "The Musician's Lifeline." I don't know if you've seen this. I have. Um, okay, so you know I contacted 250 uh, musicians, musical heroes, colleagues, friends. Heard back from 165 of them. Hmm. They all answered the same set of questions. Uh, basically seven questions. Uh, we added uh, another question about auditions to a few educators and symphonic percussionists. Uh, but uh, uh, really useful information and very fun to read the responses of, of these various uh, players and musical icons. And so uh, if you're looking for some uh, reading enjoyment uh, after you've uh, finished uh, Robin Flan's uh, book about <laughs> Jeff Percaro, which I'm planning on getting. Yeah, uh, I'm going to get it on the the Hudson Music, uh, you know, their their reading app. Right, right. Because um, uh, it's a that's a it's it's nice. It works great on an iPad. So I'll probably, um, uh, I may get that. To, well, tonight I'm kind of busy. We're hosting uh, Carl Allen. Oh wow! Giving a master class. Uh, uh, he does. Uh, uh, he always has done great master classes at USC. Um, he uh, will be doing this, of course, by way of Zoom. Mm -hmm. Terry Lynn Carrington mm. uh, did a Zoom class for us a couple weeks ago. It was great. And last week we had Ignacio Barroa, Alex Acuna, and uh, Edu Ribeiro. Jesus. Uh, all, all, all three of them, plus Aron Serfati, who, who our own. All the Afro-Caribbean stuff uh, at USC. I mean, it was it was unbelievable. It sounds like USC is just uh, full full steam ahead on the internet. <laughs> well, the, uh, they've been great. I yeah, mean, yeah. Uh, I have to applaud uh, our new president, relatively new president, Fult Number One, for uh, along with the provost uh, and everyone else who was involved with the decision making. Uh, they didn't lure students to campus and then let everybody get sick. They, they, they were responsible. They were looking ahead. Um, they made the unpopular decision that needed to be made that we would do. We committed to teaching online well before a lot of other schools. Yeah. Yeah. So that was smart. Um, we also, uh, had to take a very hard look at ourselves. Um, uh, and, um, to, to be aware of, of who we are in, in relation to Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, not just making personal statements, but I think a collective one as a school um, and the music that we play and embrace and that we love. Yeah. Uh, and so the school's been proactive that way. And, uh, and, and it's, it's good. I mean, we're, we're, we're making the best of, of, of this really lousy situation. My heart goes out to everyone uh, who has got, either gotten sick or has lost someone to the disease. To be honest, I cannot even begin to wrap my head around the numbers. I can't either. You I know, can't either. Uh, Quarter million people. It's nuts. Yeah. But the, 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 the nightmare um, 
hopefully will soon be over. We're mm-hmm. going to get some new management. We're going to have doctors and scientists in charge. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for talking with us again. You've you've been a great friend to the podcast, um, and I, uh, you know, like I said in my email, you know, we're we're coming to the end of this year. It's been a motherfucker of a year, and uh, you're you're someone who um, I think uh, sees big issues and big concepts from a from a higher elevation than a lot of us. So I kind of felt the need to check in with you and and get well get the Erskine take on 2020. Um, that's very nice, Zach. It, no, and, and let me just correct you. You're just speaking to someone who has a big mouth. <laughs> Maybe okay. that too. Maybe that too. Maybe that too. Oh, thank you. Okay, good. Uh, everybody stay well, uh, especially you. And I like your drum room. I, I wish everyone could see it. Uh, there's some beautiful, looks like some gold sparkle magic happening. Oh yeah, that, that was the kit. That's the Silver, kit I built. It's a it's a green stain with a gold hardware. That's the no, kit. The, no, but what's what's the other? Oh, one you're on talking there? about those are the Sakai's. Those are the Sakai trilogy. Uh, oh nice. Uh, Trilogies were. Champagne that was a great sparkle. Drum. Champagne, yeah, yeah. Champagne sparkle. Yeah. And the green kit is is what? That's a maple kit that I built when I was in college in like 2002. Um, and uh, when when I lived in L.A., uh, do you know Jimmy Ford? Yes. Jimmy Ford yes. Uh, like rehabilitated those drums. They were they were pretty good to begin with. I did a I did an okay job, but Jimmy put some uh, reinforcement rings and refinished the interiors of them and and really. Uh, Made them twice the drums they were before. Uh, a great drummer and a great drum craftsman and and personality in drumming. Uh, yeah, um, that's I, for I, sure. Always always a great pleasure to see and hear him, and I always like his his drums. Yeah, yeah. Um, even even though uh, I I couldn't not be happier. Uh, yeah, those uh, drums that you got there on. just sound so fucking good, man. And like you mentioned, think, like we we all get to, you know, it sucks to stay home. There's a lot about this that sucks, but we're all playing our own sets, man. There's just nothing like it. No, if if you're a drummer, uh, these uh, these are yeah, we're gonna look back uh, in an odd way. We're gonna look back like you know, look, we had some good times. Yeah, staying home wasn't all bad. <laughs> no, so everyone just stay well. That's that's the main goal, and uh, I'll look forward to our next uh, conversation, Zach. Likewise. Thanks so much, Peter. Stay well. All right, buddy. Thank you. Thanks again to the great Peter Erskine. Check out the streaming concert he's doing this Saturday. Go to live.champion.biz for more info. Next week, Matt will be talking with Nashville drummer and producer Mike Zimmerman, whose resume includes Kenny Rogers and many others. A quick programming note, after next week, we'll be taking Thanksgiving off, then we'll be back with you for a few weeks in December before we take the last two Thursdays of the year off. On January 7th, our first episode of 2021 will be our 300th, so be on the lookout for that. Hope you check that out, and until then, stay safe, stay sane, and thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers.